There Goes the Atmosphere, a Star Wars fan fiction, written by Miss Molly Etc., read by God of Laundry Baskets. It is rated explicit, with pairing Commander Cody slash Obi-Wan. Content warnings for Mind Control, PTSD, Child Death, Child Murder, Mass Death. Summary The most dangerous space in the galaxy is the distance between a clone and his general. Chapter 1 After securing their position, adequately searching the maze of caves in Paul City, even with the droids, was a no-go almost from the beginning. The local population had spent centuries carving their hills into a honeycomb of storage and living spaces, and what they hadn't connected, the techno-union had blasted through. With their new orders in place, the 212th didn't have time to do a job up to Cody's own standard, much less Obi-Wan's. If he wanted to kill his traitor and still be able to look him in the eyes afterwards, then it was time to fall back to their standing orders. Cody raised his left arm and pressed the all-send button with his thumb, gripping his wrist harder to keep his hand steady, criffing adrenaline. All squads, fall back. Return to the vigilance for resupply. Medics, ready the wounded for pickup. He switched frequencies to the command line. Nero, prep the ship for hyperspace. We're regrouping at the rendezvous point. Execute 212.3. Solid copy, Commander, Bridge Ops replied. This is Sergeant Modi. We'll have her ready. Cody lifted his chin, wincing as it jostled his helmet against the top of his head. Felt like he'd picked up a bruise. Modi, he asked. What happened to Nero? Is the ship damaged? If Obi-Wan had lost another flagship, Traitor. Skywalker would never let anyone hear the end of it. Cody's throat ached. He swallowed, but it didn't help. Negative, sir, Modi said. Just the usual scrapes, but we think Nero must have taken an unlucky hit during a broadside maneuver. He was bleeding out of his ears by the time they took him down to medical. Think he'll be okay, though? Kept muttering no. Cody snorted. He does hate anyone else at the helm. All right, see you back at the ship. He set his calm back to sleep and squinted at the caves above his head. It seemed wrong for the sun to be so cheerfully bright on a battlefield, but that was the universe for you. Always had to go its own way. His helmet optics focused in on the cliff face automatically. After a month-long siege in an ion storm, they had worked out a set of codes if their units were ever separated in the field without comms. There'd been nothing over the 212th system since he'd ordered his traitor shot down. But Obi-Wan was stubborn. He'd get a message through for Cody to kill him. He scanned the walls twice, left and right and then backwards, 
balancing with the butt of his rifle stuck into the ground after he'd started to waver on his feet. There was nothing. No uniform scratches or marks burnt in with a well-aimed lightsaber. Just blaster burns and pockmarks where explosions had dug holes out of the rock. He traced the scrabbling line of claw marks Obi-Wan's Vactoral had left in the cliff face. The pool they'd been dredging for an hour was empty now that they'd pulled its carcass from the water. Thank the Force. But he must have fallen clear. He'd be harder to kill on foot. But he'd clearly survived the fall. Cody leaned a little harder on his rifle and kicked a piece of debris out of his path as he turned back to the men. He raised his free arm, circling it once over his head and dropping it back down to his side. That bitter, acid taste from before was back, coating his tongue. He swallowed heavily, grimacing. The rest of the battalion hadn't started moving towards the landing transports. Most of them weren't even in formation. He grunted, shaking his aching head. The space behind his ears throbbed. Tension headaches. Sometimes he and Obi-Wan caught them off each other. "'Barlicks!' he yelled, glad no one could see him wincing through his helmet, and marched forward towards the nearest L.A.A.T. "'Get Parja's squad underway. If we're late, I'm taking the time difference out of your hide!' He stepped up into the ship as the rest of the men snapped too, and grabbed the nearest safety strap, staring out at Powell City as they lifted off before the blast shields closed. The hangar bay was half empty when they disembarked. The starfighters' dispatch had scrambled in case the traitor got off-world were still out. Cody stepped down from his own ship after Wooly and his squad mates had staggered out and took off his helmet, holding it under his arm. The air aboard the Vigilance smelled like torched equipment. He glanced over the area and moved into the path of one of the flight crew clones. How'd this happen? he asked, gesturing with his chin. His eyes went a bit hazy, light sensitivity was setting in. The hatch just off the main hangar doors looked like it'd been sealed with half the fire retardant in their ship's stores, and it was surrounded by the bodies of their brothers. We take a hit? The flight mechanic paused, hand half-raised in a salute. He stared and Cody frowned. His gut rumbled, sore up and down both sides from his ribs to his hips. He must have taken a blow during the assault and hadn't noticed. Well? He asked, lowering his voice. The flight mechanic backed up a step. He didn't look too good himself. Cody cleared his throat and sniffed loudly. Criffingris cycled air. It, uh, after our orders changed, sir, the flight mechanic said eyes shifting up and over Cody's shoulder. The sides of his mouth crumpled like he was expecting someone he wasn't seeing. Cody made a note never to do that with his own face. It looked horrible on them. Sergeant cries and about half of Ghost Company, they went crazy, blasted their way out, 
stole a whole line of my ships to do it, too. We just now managed to get access to the hangar. What? No, Cody said. He took a step to one side, looking again at the sealed door. His men would never mutiny. The bodies had been shoved against the walls, laid out end to end, and most of the shots seemed to have been... headshots. What the stang had been going on up here? His brothers would have never let the enemy that close in a fight. Cody's hands started to shake. He clenched them into fists. Where's the traitor? he demanded. Has he checked in yet? The flight mechanic paused. Say again, sir? he asked. Cody coughed, turning his head into his shoulder. His throat felt clogged. The filters on his armor must have failed in all that stirred-up dust on Utapau. Never mind, he said in a rasp as he straightened. As you were. He brushed past the man and set his helmet back on his head before bringing his calm back online. The world flattened into his view screen. Modi, this is Cody. Are the coordinates for the rendezvous locked in? Yes, sir, Modi responded. Pilot Jez is just waiting for your go-ahead. He switched frequencies. Cries. He paused, pressing his lips together and breathed in deeply through his nose. Heat flushed along his neck and down his back. His head was really starting to pound. Who's out there? Squadron leaders, report in. Barlex here. Parjai responds. Skitter here. Nerio responds. Trip 7's here, uh, I guess for, I, I mean, Aiden responds. Cody heard out the rest of the count, watching the medbay details finally come to stretcher the wounded and dead out of the hangar, and waited for voices he knew should be there. Cries, Kerdig, Fallback, Oddball, Quaker. They never came. The 212th was down by at least a third if the flight mechanic was to be believed, and they still had a criffing planet to retake. There must have been a mistake. His brothers wouldn't have deserted in the middle of battle. Not like this. Where would they go? He closed his eyes against his headache. The traitor was going to have to have at least two full-blown force migraines if he wanted to catch up to this one on the leaderboard. The pain and the pressure just kept growing shifting like a black cloak at the edges of his sight. All right, he broke in on the calm chatter. Perez company, get back in your lardies. You're marching on Utan. The screamers can run AAA support while you close in on that seppi factory. Parjai and Nerio, set up a perimeter around Pau City and hold the line. There shouldn't be any more trouble, but you know how much the clinkers like to show up uninvited. The rest of the battalion will fall back to the rendezvous for reinforcements. A jumble of, Sir, yes, sirs, came over the line, and Cody cut them off. The stir of armored troops picked up around him as the battalion dropped off the last of their wounded and resupplied. Cody walked through the hangar as quickly and as smoothly as he could, 
feeling the pitch and yaw of a cripping, sick headache taking over his balance. There were more signs of battle in the hallway, drag marks where bodies had been pulled out of firing range. Fighting on board ship was miserable work. What had happened to Cries and the others to make them go this far? He made it into the elevator without a ping on the comm or a hand raised to stop him and smacked his closed fist against the floor buttons. He tore off his helmet and slumped against the wall of the elevator. He ached all over now, right through his muscles to the bone. But medical was probably overrun with their latest patients. Cody swiped at the side of his head, trying to find the spots Obi-Wan would press during the worst of Cody's headaches. Usually hurt like a Nuna humper, but stang. If it didn't help with Obi-Wan's long, cool fingers scratching through the stiff bristles of his shorn hair. This time, though, he couldn't seem to make his fingers fall into the correct position. No wonder Obi-Wan always insisted that Cody put his head into his lap for that move. He sighed. Time for the industrial strength pain tabs. He raised his calm again. Bridge, you are cleared for hyperspace as soon as dispatch gives the all-clear, he said. Best not to keep Obi-Wan waiting. Cody flinched suddenly and closed his right eye as a lightning bolt of pain shot across his forehead. I'll meet you up there soon, he grunted and clicked off. He pushed off the wall of the elevator as it slowed down and opened to the first level of the crew floors. Ahead of him, a squad of shinies was crowded around the traitors door, while a birth-born private stood over them in gray. What the hell do you think you're doing? Cody yelled, rushing out of the elevator and striding down the corridor. The crowd jumped to attention. A cold electrode torch and a couple of code runners clattered to the floor at their feet. Cody stuffed his helmet underneath his arm and held on to it tightly. He marched forward, kicking the torch out of his way. Oh, cark me, one of them muttered. Cody frowned and cracked his neck to one side. "'What the criffing hell is this?' he asked, left hand drifting towards his sidearm. The private swallowed. He was human, gray-eyed and sallow face, like most spacers. The collar of his uniform was dark with sweat. "'Commander,' he saluted. "'We were attempting to search Traitor. Kenobi's quarters for evidence to turn over to the Admiralty once we reconvene on Coruscant. But none of us can override his code, and the lock's not responding to any of our attempts to reboot the system.' His vision flattened into the red of his helmet cam and then cracked with brilliant white eddies of light. Cody grit his teeth and glared past the pain, shooting up from his joints until he could see past the light show to the white-faced asshole in front of him. "'I don't care what the stang you thought you were doing,' he said. "'No one breaks into the traitor's room on his own flagship.' "'But, sir, I don't understand. Our new orders clearly state—' 
The day I need you to remind me of my orders, Private, is the day they ship me back to Camino in a decorative box, Cody snapped out, and the Private closed his mouth. He stood to attention, thin lips in an even thinner line, and the rest of his squad of thieves and idiots huddled behind him. Force, to think he was left with this bunch to make up for the loss of his brothers. Cries would kill him for even trying to make a comparison. Get out of my sight before I have you all thrown in the brig. If you're lucky, I'll be feeling more friendly after we rendezvous, and this serious lapse in discipline won't go on my report to the traitor. The private startled and looked at him, crinkling his forehead beneath his idiotic half-cap. Cody waded him out, but the silence dragged on and his headache was spreading deeper, tensing all his muscles down his spine. He wanted a shower, a pain tab, and a bed in whatever order he could get them. He was starting to smell himself, and he had a feeling the come-down from this fight was going to be bad. He waited, letting his headache turn his glower mean until the pack of Jawas had lock-stepped it back down the corridor towards the exit. The private was the last to go, sweat glistening on his high forehead as he saluted. Cody returned it as curtly as possible, and the private allowed the elevator at the other end of the hallway to close. If this was the level of discipline he could now expect that cries and the others had mutinied, they were all in trouble. It just made no sense. Cody took a deep breath and blew it out through his mouth. Cries was loyal, same as the rest of the men he'd apparently taken with him. The traitor was going to have a very traitor-like fit when he found out, which meant at least half a week of Obi-Wan talking like a Coruscanti debutante at his first orgy and Cody getting to rub knots the size of myonks out of his back at night while they tracked everyone down. He adjusted his grip on his helmet and then kicked the torch a little further away from the door. All right, it wouldn't be all bad. He glanced up at the camera panopticon in the ceiling, sniffed, and keyed in the lock code, making sure to block the view with his elbow. Maybe four or five people in the entire galaxy had an access pass for Obi-Wan's door, and that wasn't going to change, even when everything else went to stang. The door opened with a creaking hiss. The idiots must have pinged the actual processing matrix. They'd been lucky they hadn't triggered a boarding alarm and sparked an emergency shutdown protocol for the entire section. Carking amateurs. Cody rolled his eyes and rubbed his temple with his free hand. He stepped inside, and the door shut behind him. Cody sighed. He smelled the remains of cold calf in the dispenser. He stretched a little. His entire back ached, trading off beats of pain with his head. Maybe it was the extra space, but Obi-Wan's room always felt better than his. He could breathe a bit more freely, even if the air was above his pay grade. He frowned. The room was clear, of course. It was supposed to be. But it felt off, 
for once. It felt... empty. They didn't get much time to spend the night together. Traitors. Weren't supposed to get attached to anything any more than clones were. But Cody still knew Obi-Wan's birth better than he knew his own. They doubled as his traitors unofficial office and maintenance shed, and they'd planned more assaults here than in the wardroom off the bridge. He hung his helmet on the hook next to the doorway and keyed in the lock, sealing out the rest of the ship. He walked over to the wardrobe, unbuckling the latches on his right gauntlet, and opened the right side door. His stomach twisted, throat briefly closing. He coughed, gagging on something sharply bitter in his mouth. Obi-Wan's spare tunic and robe were in there, just as they should be, next to the bare, inset shelves. As a traitor, Obi-Wan raided space that looked more like a hotel room than an officer's quarters on his own flagship. He had a real bed bolted to the flooring, but not a bunk, as well as a private fresher, a desk, and even a kitchenette, which gathered dust unless Cody cooked something in it. Cody unbuckled his other gauntlet, tugging a little too fast on the glove attachment and catching his fingers in the durasteel joints. Park. He freed himself and put them down on the shelves. His fingertips were shaking, he rubbed them against each other, trying to warm up a bit. He glanced at the kitchenette. His traitor liked to think they could all just live on calf and ration sticks. But Cody had enough real food on leave to know the difference a good meal made. Besides, it was nice, sometimes, to do something harmless, just because he wanted to do it. He sniffed again, and wiped his thumb underneath his nose, wrinkling at the sudden smell of blood. Scratched by a loose filament in the helmet, maybe? The assault had been rough. The seppies had too much of the high ground not to be a carking pain in the ass. And when Obi-Wan's mount had been shot, uh, pain exploded across his face and roared out from his chest. He heard himself groan as he twisted in its grasp, pressing his right hand to his forehead and tearing at his surricus with his left. It was like lightning in his blood, a shivering, stinging chain dragging along his nerve endings. Cody staggered to one side and fell to their bed, bouncing on the thin mattress. A stifled giggle escaped him, even as he pushed his face down into the tangle of blanket and sheets. Obi-Wan hated when he sat down on the bed in armor. He was going to be in such trouble. No, he wouldn't. Red lights strobed across Cody's closed eyelids. He grimaced. No, he would. They were a pair of criffing brats about the things they owned. Probably because traitors weren't supposed to have things and clones weren't supposed to last long enough to acquire them and... and... His face felt overstuffed, hot with pain. He heard his own neck crack when he twisted his head to one side, coming into contact with Obi-Wan's pillow. He dug his hands into the blanket and breathed in and then out. He centered, trying to find what... Ever the stang it was Obi-Wan was always talking about. The light in Cody's center. 
Slowly, the pain retreated, pulling back enough for him to unclench his hands and sit up. Room. Half-lights. He opened his eyes, slowly. The empty room was lit to about a Coruscant dusk, which wasn't actually dark, but fairly standard for any place set to Obi-Wan's preferences. His sight wavered, that black film fluttering on the edges of his side again, and Cody waited until it settled around him. He looked over and tried to grin, but his mouth felt too stiff. On the desk, Obi-Wan had left his lightsaber kit open and Cody's spare blaster tools spread out on a towel over the top of all his random flimsy reports and data work tablets. He'd probably filched the forceps again the night before. No matter how much of a light sleeper he was, Cody never seemed to wake up before Obi-Wan. He was always coming to and finding Obi-Wan tinkering with the blasted lightsaber. If it wasn't trying to nudge an hour's worth of life from the battery packs, then he was taking the whole thing apart with the Force and making horrible crystal-polishing jokes, as if innuendo would give the thing more power. One day, he was going to singe his eyebrows off, and then Cody was going to win 20 Chomar off of Rex. Cody chuckled through a throat full of rocks and smelled blood again. He sniffed and felt something drip from his nose. He wiped at it and looked at the back of his hand. A thin line of blood trailed over his knuckles. He leaned his head forward, cupping his hand around his nose, and nothing came out. Cody dragged the heel of his palms down his forehead and pressed in over his eyebrows. His eyes felt grainy, like he'd been standing in a dust storm, definitely something wrong with his armor's filtration. He dropped his hands to his knees and stood up with a groan, digging his weight into his heels for balance. This was a battle hangover like none he'd ever had before, and it was kicking his criffing ass. Forget winning the Worst Headache of the War award, He'd settle for Obi-Wan. He frowned and then swallowed. He'd settle for Obi-Wan. Carcat. He needed those tabs. He was used to having to push past an injury in the course of a fight, especially if the traitor needed him. But something felt off. He would have remembered taking a hit that left him feeling this smashed. He walked into the fresher with his eyes closed, just as the automatic lighting kicked in, and put his hand out, catching the side of the medicine cabinet. He thumbed the side lock and squinted as a mirrored surface rolled up into the top. Force blessed traitors who hated going to the medics as much as he did. Obi-Wan had a stash of bandages, Bacta, and painkillers that would have made Rivet their only traitor certified medic turned to petty theft. He grabbed the cylinder of Pexursa, unscrewed the cap, and shook two tabs into his left hand. He popped them both in his mouth and swallowed, shuddering as they went down. That was never fun. Cody capped the cylinder 
and set it back on the shelf in the medicine cabinet. He glanced over at the sonic shower and then down at his scorched armor. The chronometer in the wall had it at a little over thirty since the first assault group had pulled back, and dispatch hadn't calmed in that their fighter patrols had encountered Obi-Wan, trying to make it off-world. He'd clean up when they pulled in, and after the flagship hyped to the rendezvous point. He hit the button on the medicine cabinet and glanced away, rubbing his tongue over his teeth as the front rolled down. Maybe he'd use Obi-Wan's brush, serve him right for leaving. He looked back up and rocked back on his heels. Criffing hell! His eyes were bleeding, little branching red trails all around his sclera, heavy enough to be a solid pond in his right eye. He leaned in closer to the mirror. The curve of his scars stood out in the dark corkscrew down the left side of his face. His brown skin had faded to gray where it wasn't mottled with broken capillaries, and his jaw shook with tension. How long had he been grinding it? He couldn't remember. The short black bristles of his hair were matted to his head. There were filthy tracks under his eyes and down his cheeks, dried now. His nose was crusted with blood as well. No wonder he felt like six tons of bantha fodder in a three-pound bag. He looked like a scavenger's breakfast. Cody backed out of the fresher, feeling his stomach barrel roll as he moved. Maybe he should have gone to the medics after all. A full body scan sounded like a good idea. He... if... he would have remembered a clinker getting off a round that did this much damage. And since he didn't remember taking a blow at all during the assault, then the explanation had to be something biological. He wasn't old. Old for a clone, maybe. But that just meant he was that criffing good and the bone-deep, throbbing ache in his body, the way his throat felt like he'd been screaming it hoarse, and force his eyes. This wasn't normal. He turned to the desk. It could be a biological weapon. The Seppies mostly just fielded droids, and they'd faced bioterrorists before. He picked his forceps out of Obi-Wan's toolkit and then closed the lid. He rolled his tools up in the towel and spread his hand out over the messy pile of flimsies. That could have been why Cries and the others ran. If his Traitor. had ordered them to follow a plague carrier into hyperspace, he squinted. The half-lights weren't doing Stang for his eyesight, but the tabs hadn't kicked in yet. His head was starting to throw up a light show in front of his face. He flicked through the pile, nudging aside the lightsaber schematics and armory inventories to get at the next layer of messages. If Ghost Company had been detailed outside the area of operation on the Traitors. orders, it meant that they'd most likely be at the rendezvous as well. That had to be it. It made sense. Obi-Wan never liked to split the battalion over more than one battle unless he could possibly help it. And now that he was wanted for treason against the Republic to be killed on sight by order of the Supreme Chancellor, then 
a flimsy, crumbled underneath his hand. A drop of blood fell onto his thumb. He sniffed and came to attention. No, that wasn't... He hadn't thought that. Obi-Wan was a traitor. He was Cody's general, not a cripping pile of stang like Krell or a Mirosic political waster. He was a traitor. For the love of Force and Skywalker be damned, they didn't come more loyal. Obi-Wan Kenobi would never. He ground his teeth and leaned against the desk. Something was wrong. Obi-Wan Kenobi was a traitor. Obi-Wan Kenobi was a traitor. He stayed up too late and got up too early. He used his filthy tricks to, to take his clothes out of the closet when he felt lazy. He was a force-loving smug bastard with a clever mouth and hands that would have been better off given to a pirate. Cody frowned, closing his eyes when the room started to get too bright again. His nose twitched. Something warm slid down his lip. He shuddered, flinching, and centered himself. Obi-Wan Kenobi was his general, who had bled with him and mourned with him on worlds Cody couldn't... He couldn't remember them all. He was a master of the Coruscant Temple to be killed on sight. No. His knees buckled, armor creaking as he caught himself one-handed on the desk. He slid into the matching chair and pressed his entire left palm against his head. His forehead pounded. The skin beneath his short hair was hot enough to prickle his fingertips. He grabbed the towel with his right hand, dimly registering the clatter of his blaster tools, falling out of the roll and pressed it to his nose, tilting his head forward. The Order 66 had been given, and he'd obeyed, because that was what a good soldier did. Even the tri- the tri- Even Obi-Wan followed rules from that damn evil conspiracy of his. Cody smacked the desk with his left fist and then brought it back up to his head, digging his knuckles in behind his ear. Criffing son of a hut's ass. He breathed in and then out again a few times, fighting the crap floating at the back of his throat and tried to picture himself ordering the ATTE cannon to fire on Obi-Wan. He had. He could remember that. He could see Obi-Wan and his Vactral fall into the water, the debris surrounding them. There was no sound. He'd been standing next to a weapon large enough to blow a building six clicks high in the middle of a full-on ground assault, and he couldn't hear a thing. He remembered, thinking it would make killing Obi-Wan harder if he still had his lightsaber. Cody choked, shoulders drawn in and up to his ears. He pressed the towel hard against his closed lips and breathed and breathed and breathed until he could swallow the bile in his mouth back down. Obi-Wan Kenobi was a dangerous fugitive. And this was a mistake. It had to be some criffing default in his DNA. 
Maybe clones really weren't meant to be his age. Maybe that was why he hadn't heard from Rex in months, and Nero was muttering to himself in the medbay, and Kreis blew his way off their ship. They were all breaking down at last. Obi-Wan had to have known then. Once Cody had, and maybe Obi-Wan had known even beforehand, He'd come back from his last meeting with his damn conspiracy in a bad mood. He'd tried to cover up by teaching some of the bridge shinies now Hata rules Sabak. And later, that night, he'd climbed into Cody's lap in the middle of a debrief and kissed him stupid. There had to be a plan in place, and Cody just had to get in line. He opened his eyes cautiously, first left and then right. The blank screen along the wall was blinking in the left-hand corner. Cody pressed the audio-only button and took the towel away from his face. Yes. The calm chimed, and the screen turned blue with the bouncing green line through the middle. Cody closed his eyes again. It's Sergeant Modi, Commander. Dispatch has pulled the flyers back home. They caught sight of General Grievous's ship leaving atmosphere, but too late to catch it before it hiked out of theater. Paradise is reporting minimal casualties and little resistance. Looks like the Suppies pulled out of Utan as soon as Pau City went dark. Is Order 212.3 still green, sir? Cody swallowed, working his jaw until it popped. We're a go, Sergeant, he said. Execute the jump to hyperspace. Sir, yes, sir. The calm went dead, and Cody leaned his head on both hands. He rubbed the towel across the bottom of his nose. Cries would make sure they could contain whatever was affecting the 212th, whether it was a virus or a drug or even just Cody's number come up at last. All he had to do was get the vigilance to Obi-Wan and joined back up with Ghost Company. It would be so good to see him again. End of chapter one.